Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 99. Coach, you are on the brink of triple digits here. The the, the big 99 here, the mean machine. So, uh, Jordan Arnsdorf, the head girls basketball coach at Pleasanton, Nebraska High School, uh, is on the podcast uh, today, and I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, coach is hanging in there. You got a little sinus infection, Coach? Yeah, a little cold, I think. Yeah. Going around the family this week. Yep. Yeah, yeah. we went through a little bit at our house last week. So, uh, But I appreciate you battling through for the good of the A Pen and a Napkin podcast. It is great. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, but before we get going with Coach here, uh, we want to recognize our our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who's struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at kosakchiro.com, K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com, or give them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, you're listening on iTunes, so be sure to download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can get the word out to gain momentum in the ratings so that we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And of course, check out a pen and a napkin.com. It's a coaching website that I put together that someday I promise I'm going to redo a bunch of things on it. I just need to find some time to do it. But right now, my time is on Jordan Arnsdorf. The girls' basketball coach at Pleasanton High School. Coach, thanks so much for coming on this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marty. I'm excited to uh, talk a little hoops with you. Yeah, well, we're excited to get you going here. So, um, you know, Coach, we kind of start out uh, uh, most of the time with you just uh, having the opportunity to kind of explain where you came from, uh, how you ended up at Pleasanton High School, and and just your basketball journey. So, So for the folks that don't know a whole lot about you, let us know. Yeah, so um, I'm actually entering my eighth year teaching, coaching. Um, so I grew up out in North Platte, Nebraska, out west there. Um, you know, played all the sports growing up. It was a real competitive. I liked to compete. Um, really didn't matter what the sport was. Um, you know, after high school, I went on to UNK. actually played uh, college golf at UNK for four years. So got my um, education degree. Um, student taught at Elm Creek under the boys basketball coach now Tanner Cavani. Um, he was nice enough and gave me the opportunity to um, be a part of his coaching staff there for a year. Um, learned a lot under under Coach Cavani. We actually qualified for the boys state basketball tournament that year. Had a had a bunch of fun. You know, had a good group of boys. Um, the kind of you know, after that year, it kind of told me what I wanted to do, you know, what I wanted to get into, and that was basketball. Mm-hmm. And um, so just like anybody student teaching, you know, you're, you're applying for anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got the opportunity to um, get offered a job at Thetford, Nebraska. So if anybody knows where Thetford's at, it's, it's about an hour north of North Platte, up there by Valentine and Sand Hills. Population? Oh, boy. Like 177, okay. probably. Yeah. yeah I want to say is what the, is what the uh, sign says on the highway there. <laughs> <laughs> so at Thetford, we're actually co-opted with Dunning to make Sand Hills Thetford. We're just a small um, D1 
two school. Um, so when I got the job, I accepted the job as the K twelve PE teacher and said that I could do some coaching and whatnot. But uh, when they offered me the job and I accepted, they said, "Oh, by the way, you're going to be the girls' basketball coach." <laughs> <laughs> and so, which was kind of crazy. Here I am at you know twenty three years old, and I'm going to be a head girls' basketball coach. So. No, I was blessed, though. For those three years, I was up there. I had some good athletes, and we actually qualified for the state tournament all three years. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had a blast. I had a, one of my best friends now was my assistant coach at the time, and he's still the head football coach at San Jose Sedford. But, um, you know, we had three years. We uh, were able to um, get into the semifinals two of the three years. Um, had a lot of success. After um, ST... I got married, and um, safe to say that it was probably time to go find some civilization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ended up in um, Kearney, Nebraska. So I took a, the K twelve PE job at uh, Pleasanton, which is just fifteen miles north of uh, town here. And I was the the tough part about it was I needed to find something around Kearney, and I couldn't at the time. There was no really nothing open as far as head coaching jobs. I know I wanted to continue to coach basketball. So I was the assistant girls basketball coach at Pleasanton for one year under uh, Randy Bauer. So, you know, Randy Bauer had a big influence on me. He was a successful boys basketball coach for a long time at Pleasanton. Actually has a state title, and I want to say 2005, and a state runner-up in 2008. Mm-hmm. So he kind of took over as a girls basketball coach because his, his daughter was going to be a senior. They couldn't find anybody. And then I came in, and, and uh, after that year as an assistant, we just swapped. Mm-hmm. Randy said, hey, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and be the head girls coach, and I'll just be the assistant. And Randy's since now retired. So that worked out great. You know, he was a big influence on me. We had a great coaching relationship. Um, my first year at Pleasanton, uh, so Randy's head coaching here, we had six freshman girls that we knew were pretty talented. And we started, uh, I think there's three freshmen that started that year. Uh, we ended up winning four or five games in overtime that year and qualified for the state tournament. Mm-hmm. But uh, ended up losing in the semifinals but ended up getting um, fourth place down there. Then after that, we swapped, and then I was the head coach, been the head coach the last three years. So it's been a it's been a really fun ride. I've enjoyed Pleasanton. I've enjoyed all my stops. Um, I've really enjoyed expanding my role and you know learning the game and and trying to be the best coach that I can be. Yeah, yeah. I think you have an interesting background. Um... You, you, as you, as you said, you were a Scottish ball striker, as I like to call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of the maybe the greatest gig you can have as a college athlete is you oh, just yeah. get to go out and and oh, what do you do? Well, I have to golf every day. Oh, yeah. darn it! Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, golf is obviously uh, not so much a physical challenge as it is a mental challenge. And you know, what are some of the things that you've taken from your golfing career? that you know you feel like has kind of helped you as as a basketball coach you know i don't know like i think uh i just really competitive you know um you know golf's more of an individual sport and you know one thing i just i love to win and i hated to lose and one thing that golf taught me was a work ethic and it was one of those sports where i knew that i could go out and get better 
you know, on my own and try to outwork people. And that's what I say about basketball too, is what I love about basketball is you don't need, you know, five of you to go get better. You know, it's pretty, I tell the girls all the time, it's pretty easy to go pick up a ball, go in the driveway and shoot, you know, go in the driveway and work on your ball handling. Um, so it doesn't take much to improve. And that's what I love about golf. And that's what I love about basketball is you can get better, you know, on your own and really improve. And so just that competitive side, um, Uh you know, it's one of those things I was lucky enough to grow up on a golf course Mm -hmm. growing up. And I think that's, you know, I just would go out there for an hour or two and practice and try to hone my skills. And that's kind of how I relate it to the game of basketball as well. Yeah. Well, I think that's a I think that's a great point that you can make is, you know, unlike football or unlike uh, you know, just a lot of other team sports. Yeah. You you don't need to have anybody else to necessarily help you get better um as an individual player. Now you need to take those individual skills and meld them into a a team concept, but you could get out there and if you're willing to put in the time, you can drastically improve and and I'm uh, from the way you're talking, that sounds like a message that you've kind of pushed on your on your players there at Pleasanton. Oh, for sure. You know, and like you just said, and like I said, you know, it's one of those I preach to my girls all the time. I challenge them, you know, in the summer. I said, hey, go get better on your own, you know, outside of our time. Um, there's nothing, you know, for me, what I love to do is go out in the evenings, you know, when I was a kid, put the headphones on and go shoot hoops, you know, and mm. I try to and go work on my ball handling. And I try to just tell the girls that and, um, you know, tell them it's just something that's relaxing and get better at it. Um, something I challenge them with all the time. I think we, you know, we've had a lot of success and, um, because of that, I think, you know, I think where our girls are really fundamentally sound and it's just one of those areas where if they can go do that and they can go work on the game outside of, you know, organized time, they're going to get better, and that's how they separate themselves from, you know, other girls maybe in the conference. Mm-hmm. Well, Jordan, we have a little bit of a generational gap because if I put on my headphones when I was when I was the kids' <laughs> age, it'd yeah. be this it'd be this Sony Walkman with a with a Pearl Jam tape in there or something yep. like that, and and I wouldn't be able to shoot because there'd be too many wires flying around. So, oh yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had a. a you know, just a, a and a season that only so many coaches. I mean, very few coaches have experienced. Uh, where not only do you win a state championship in in 2019-2020, uh, uh, but you uh, run the table. And a lot of coaches would say, "God, that had to be awesome. That had to be great." So forth and so on. But there's also some difficulties with that uh it's not just this this smooth um it's not just this smooth ride that people would imagine that it would be what uh let's start with this uh you know what were some of the you 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 knew you were going to be good obviously but what were some of the unexpected challenges that you found along the way as you were as you were going through this journey yeah you know there's just a lot of pressure i think uh you know, I talk about that group of girls that would have graduated last year. There were six of them, and there were a group of girls that it was that group that everybody talked about. You know, from first grade on, like, wow, watch out for this group. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess when they got, you know, they they had a good junior high run, and then I got them when they were freshmen, and 
you know, we knew they were going to be talented, but they were just freshmen, right? And we ended up having a good season um, you know, where we lost in the state semifinals. In their sophomore year, They got we got better, but, you know, we lost in the state semifinals again. And I think going into their junior season, so that 2019-2020 year, there's just a, a lot of pressure on the girls, you know, a lot of pressure on the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they were – I don't know how to say this, I guess, but they were very, you know, they were a very talented group and, and they, um, we would win games, you know, and it wasn't very competitive at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those things where how do we keep this, how do we keep them challenged? How do we keep them motivated? And there's a, and it's a group of girls that's not emotional at all. And I think the greatest thing that ever happened that season was when we finally got over the hump. And one in the semifinals would be CWC, and that was the first time I've ever seen that group of girls emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were proud of what they just accomplished because it had so much pressure on them their whole careers. And that's a you know that's a game that I will never forget. Like I tell, I always tell a lot of people, you know, it's really hard to win a game at the state tournament. Yeah, and it's a different beast to win a state semifinal game at the state tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. Who who wants to get it done? You know, who a lot of times you're tired that next day. Um, you might be banged up, but and they're not the prettiest games. But how do you how are you going to grind it out and how are you going to move on? Mm-hmm. And I think um, that was just one of those things with those girls. Is we just you know how do you keep them? You know, we kept them motivated. They wanted to get it done and they did it. And um, and you could just see after we after we were able to win that championship. You know, like okay, now I can take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how did you, as as their coach, uh, you know, and obviously you're in a small town, so it's probably hard for those girls to go anywhere and not have probably somebody say something on a fairly consistent basis about, you know, whatever it may be uh, associated with athletics or or so forth and so on. Uh, how did you try to keep them challenged? And, and keep putting out new challenges for them while also having them try to enjoy what was going on and, and play with that joy and energy that you want kids to play with. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like, you know, it should be fun. And that's one thing we preach all the time is we want to have fun. We want to work hard. Um, you know, the girls, I've been lucky. The girls have had really enjoyed the game of basketball. And um, it's one of those things where, I'd probably do too much talking, I guess you can say in practice maybe, but mm-hmm. I think it's important to relay, you know, those messages to the girls where, you know, you can't worry about, you know, what people say on the outside. You know, I mean, this is, this is our team right here. This is more or less our family right here. You know, what goes on in practice, you know, is our team. And that's one of those deals where you got to block out all the, you know, all the negative stuff and you got to stay positive you know, you might go win a game by 15, 20 points, and, you know, there might be people talking about how you didn't play very well, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's one of those challenges that you had to deal with. And, um, but, you know, I think the girls did a good job of staying positive and, you know, staying on the road. And, um, but yeah, it was a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you lead on, uh, is it Coach Brewer? Uh, Coach Bauer. Uh, Bauer, excuse me. Yep. Uh, did you lead on him for some advice and kind of picked his brain a little bit? Oh yeah, Coach uh, Coach Bauer is great, you know, uh, and he's been there. He's mm-hmm. won a state. He's won a state championship as a boys basketball coach. He got a state runner up, and 
and um, he's been great to me. Uh, you can you can definitely say that it was a you know it was a partnership almost, and uh, definitely somebody that's older that's been there. Is, um, Coach Bauer is somebody I definitely lean on a lot. Mm-hmm. A pen and a napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to apenandanapkin.com and follow the links to order. Videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the bundle for $50. That's less than $8 a video. We also have our defensive series available. Those videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the free video bundle for $25. Check out the Appendant and Napkin University video library. You know, Coach, not only was this, this group of girls that you've had here for basketball uh, extremely successful in basketball, but they were also very successful in volleyball as well. Um, you know, how much does having those multi-sports, multi-sport athletes and success in other sports uh, help you uh, as your, help your program when you're developing competitiveness, when you're developing unity, when you're just developing that, that championship mantra and mentality within your program? Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, we, you know, at Pleasanton, we preach, you know, multi-sport athletes all the time. And for the most part, I'd say that everybody that plays volleyball plays basketball, you know, and all those girls are competing in the track in the spring. And, you know, I guess I have a really good relationship with the volleyball coach. Um, You know, we see eye to eye and we want each other to be successful. I think that's really, really important. Um, And, you know, I think we don't, it's one of those deals where we want to be successful at all the sports, mm-hmm. you know, not just basketball or not just volleyball. We want to, like our goal every year is we want to win the FKC conference tournament and we don't want to win the FKC conference tournament, just basketball. We want to win in volleyball and basketball and track. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that competitive side. We, um, and numbers are important, especially at our level. And, and a lot of times one thing that, um, is really important is how many girls do you have out? You know, how many girls are interested in athletics or interested in this, in the sport? And I think it's just really important that you have a high attendance rate in that these girls are um, competing in multi-sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, you know, is it, is it just kind of, you're, you're talking about the unity that you have with, with your volleyball coach and, you know, you know just as well as I do, especially in a, in in Nebraska, uh, that's not always the case, um, and and that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, is that just something that is you know you just kind of fell into the right place, or is that something that starts with the top down with your administration and they say, hey, you guys need to get on the same page, and if you're not, then we need to have some discussions, or or how does that work? Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a great. Um... Man, that's a great topic because <laughs> how much you, time you got? <laughs> uh, and that's something that has always, you know, made me worry a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, and I don't ever want it to happen at Pleasanton. Mm-hmm. Is I don't want to be, you know, in basketball season and and having to worry about them, you know, other you know other sports in season. I guess you can say. Yeah. And this is one of those deals where we have just a a mutual respect for each other. And I guess Pleasanton is a great example of 
you know, what can happen, I think, if you have that respect and you just preach those girls to be competitive and everything. Because like you said, you know, we want to stay basketball championship. The year after that, they want to stay volleyball championship. And it's all the same, same girls. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just special because sometimes I think you could see in the state of Nebraska, there's, you know, you have, you might have a successful volleyball program. Your girls' basketball program might struggle a little bit. Yeah. And that's something that I don't ever want to happen at Pleasanton, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in order for that to not happen, you got to have a good, res- you know, I have coach uh, Norby is a volleyball coach and we have a great relationship and we work it out. And, and I think because of that relationship is a big part of why we've been successful because, you know, he needs the basketball athletes. I need the volleyball athletes. You know, it's one of those deals to be successful. And so, and we just preach, you know, coach preaches it and I preach it that we want multi-sport athletes. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's just a, that's just a big, big deal of Pleasanton. I think that's a big reason why we've been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, sorry if I'm, I'm picking at a scab that might not be fully healed coach. Um, but you, uh, you know, you, you win, uh, a title in, in, in 2020 and then you come back and you, you lose a heartbreaker this year. Uh, I was actually at courtside getting ready to call the game after yours. And so I was right in front of Grace Cave as she went in and, and, and shot the layup, uh, to, to give Weeping Water the win. And I think one of the greatest challenges that we, it's easy to go into a locker room and be able to give a message after a, a great win or a, a, maybe a tough regular season loss, but with a group of kids that you've come compl- you know, really close to and you, you know it's kind of an end of an era type of a situation, uh, I, I can't imagine how difficult it was to go into that locker room after losing a state championship game on a on a on a layup with five seconds left to go and and so forth and so on, and you knew that you didn't probably play the the best game that you were capable of playing that day, which it just happens when it's a one game yeah. rollout. You know that's just that's just part of the game. Um, you know if if you know to the best of your ability and whatever you're comfortable with sharing. You know how uh, what advice can you give to coaches who are listening uh, to how to handle a locker room and the, you know, this is the final message that you're going to be giving to essentially this team and, and this, this group of individuals when you had such high hopes and aspirations and you wanted to go back to back and not only to not go to back to back, but to, to, to lose it in, in the, in the way that you, that you did uh, with, and it was a great individual play uh, by Grace Cave, but you know, how did, how did you handle that situation? Um, you know, what was that like? Yeah. You know, the whole, the whole season was was weird and something that I haven't really <laughs> ever been able to, um, you know, never had that experience before. So we come off a state championship the year before where we hadn't lost, where we never lost a game, mm-hmm. and then the girls go have an incredible volleyball season that fall, and they don't lose a game, you know, and they went they they sweep their state championship in volleyball was I mean it really wasn't even close mm-hmm. you know it was one of those deals where I'm talking to coach Bauer and it's like man so we haven't lost they haven't lost a game in a you know, year. two seasons yeah and um I guess how do we keep these girls motivated mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and plus 
there's a huge target on their back. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to take down Pleasanton. Everybody wants to take down Pleasanton. And, and um, I don't know. You know, it was just it was it was a difficult season. We had, I mean, there's nothing that can't take anything away from a state runner up, but uh, it was one of those deals where we definitely, you know, on that Saturday Saturday morning in the state championship game, we did not have our best. We did not play our best ball, mm-hmm. you know, at all. But it was one of those deals where we're still grinding it out and grinding it out. And Casey makes that layup with, I think, there's like 12 seconds left. Yep. And it's what do you, you know? You're in that you're in that mindset of you have one timeout left do i use it here or do we you know let it play out where they can't set anything up where they have you know all state caliber guard and it's just one of those deals where it didn't even really matter they got the ball you know, casey made the layup and they got the ball inbound so fast yep and then here goes grace down the sidelines and then at that time where she gets about the spike line you go oh no right because you can't get in front of her and um goes to the hoop and it was just one of those seasons where we were just really close you know all year but we couldn't ever put together four quarters mm-hmm. and um it was just about keeping those girls motivated and i think you know that locker room after that game was very difficult because we had a chance to go back to back and and um to do something really special and to send those girls out you know the right way yeah and I think, you know, they were they were upset, you know, it was an emotional locker room, but it was one of those deals where you could talk about, hey, look back at all the success you've had. Right? And mm-hmm. and how many how many teams would do anything to achieve what you guys have have accomplished in the last four years? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those group of girls won over a hundred games in four years. Um, and they never they play the state tournament every single year. So after you start to talk about that stuff you know, talk about all the successes that they've had, you know, and they want to stay title and, and, um, you know, a state runner up it's, it's better. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you have a a great relationship with the kids, you have a relationship with the girls and it's just one of those deals where it was difficult, but you know, in the end you can look back at the career and, you know, and say that it was a success. Mm Mm-hmm. So now you're faced with a new challenge, and you've you lost these six seniors to graduation, and and now you you want to you know you got to reload here, you know. So what's the what's the process here? Uh, what uh, what have you been doing to try and get yourself ready for this upcoming season, and and trying to to reload the program to uh, you know get close to maintaining what you've done? Yeah, you know we have a great group of kids right now that that um you know have watched what has happened in the last couple of years and they've seen what it takes to be successful and not only that but this group of girls have battled those girls in practice for mm-hmm. the last two three years and i think one thing that i preached all summer was you're not going to see a better team than what you played against in practice every day and um and i think they've really grown into that we're going to be super young we do return um, Chelsea Fisher, who's our six-one post that has started the last couple of years, so I think's an all-state, you know, definitely an all-state player in our class. And we're, I mean, we're going to work around her a lot. Um, I'm going to have to change a lot of my philosophy for sure. You know, I'm a 94 foot coach. I like to get in their face 
I like the press. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to get transitioned. I think this year is going to be more one of those years where we're going to play in the half court a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to run a lot of sets and we're going to slow the game down. But, you know, this group of girls that we have coming up and that we'll be playing this year, I'm really, really excited about. We had a, you know, we had a really good summer. Um, it helps. This, these girls really love the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to surprise a lot of teams. I really do. And I think it's going to be fun because I think a lot of people are going to, you know, count us off mm-hmm. after what we graduated, but I think we could surprise a lot of people. So I'm, I'm as, as excited about this season as I've been for any season. Yeah. Awesome. Coach, at this time, we're going to transition a little bit. We're going to get into uh, your personal philosophy and, and some stuff that you've done on the court. Uh, but before we do that, We've got the Don Meyer quote of the day, the GOAT, Don Meyer. And uh, I'm going to read a quote here for you, and uh, feel free to comment on it after you've had a second to digest it. Um, So, are you ready, sir? Yep. All right. The Don Meyer quote of the day is, There's only two things that are difficult to handle in life. One of them is failure, and the other one is success. I like that one in that, you know, sometimes we, you know, sometimes it's easier to bounce back from failure than it is to handle success. Yeah. And, and yeah. And like you said, how do you handle that? You know, how do you handle success and how do you, how do you handle failure? And And just like we've been talking about, you know, how did we handle that success in 2019, 2020? And how do we bounce back and handle that, you know, you know, our loss in 2020, 2021, I thought we handled it the right way. So I think that's a great quote. All right. Well, I try. I try. Actually, I just <laughs> I just uh, do a little uh, research and and come up with a good one for each week. So, um, oh, yeah, I love quotes. Yeah. So. Um, all right, coach. Let's get into your stuff. Um, I, you know, you have you've been to the state tournament numerous times. You're really fortunate, especially as a young coach, to get there as many times as you've had. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about with you is what you guys do, uh, what do you do in your program uh, once you've qualified for the state tournament? You win your sub-state game, and you've got that, you know, depending on when it is, seven to ten days-ish uh, to get ready for the state tournament. Uh, what's your process? How do you lay things out? Let's say uh, let's say you win your, your district. Uh, how does it work at your level? Um, so usually we'll have a sub-state game on um, – It'll be that Friday or Saturday, and then the state tournament will be that next Thursday. Okay, so you got about five usually, or six days. Yep. So what we'll do is we'll usually go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, um, and then you know we're kind of in a unique spot where we're about two and a half hours away from Lincoln, mm-hmm. and a lot of it depends on you know do we have that nine a.m. game on Thursday. Or we play in the afternoon. And mm-hmm. so if we do have that 9 a.m. game on Thursday, what we've done in the past is we'll leave Wednesday after school mm-hmm. and we will, we always stop in Seward and we'll practice at Concordia. Mm-hmm. So Coach Olson's always great about that. Um, but, and then we, um, yes, we'll practice that Wednesday, Wednesday evening and then drive up to Lincoln and stay. Wednesday night, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, nothing really changes too much. You know, we kind of, we give them a plan on that Sunday or that Monday, whenever we start practicing again and kind of say, you know, here's the itinerary, here's what we want to get done. 
um, this week. There's a lot of scouting that goes involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of not much. It's not really a practice where practices where we're getting up and down and doing a whole bunch. You know, maybe on Monday we do that, but on Tuesday and Wednesday we're doing a lot of scouting. You know, how do we want to defend these players? Um, where do we think their weak their weak part of their game is? You know, how do we want to what do we want to attack offensively and stuff like that? So I think the big thing is with the state tournament is you got to be you got to be, be prepared to play three days in a row. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be you don't want to go down there when your first game go oh well I haven't even started looking at you know these opponents the next day so I think it's really important to be prepared and that's one of the things I think I've learned since my days at at um, Sandhills Thetford um, is to be prepared for three straight days and and that way when you get up to Lincoln you can just play basketball right yeah and then you can review it in the evenings and so I think. You know, anybody that's played down there for three straight days knows how tiring, how exhausting it is. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can just one of those deals where you can keep it, keep it simple, you know, for those three days, you're going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you divide up your your scouting with your with your staff typically? And, you know, I know every year it's going to be a little bit different depending on the situation and the scenario. Uh, but what's, what's your guys' process when it comes to scouting the rest of the field? Obviously, the lion's share of your attention has to be on that first game because if you don't take care of the first game, all the other stuff doesn't matter. But what do you, how do you handle the kind of the stuff down the line? Yeah, so so I'll, I always scout that first, that first opponent and then – what I typically do is I have two assistants and I'll have them scout those opponents, you know, that we could see in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, you know, I actually reach out to, you know, to friends in the coaching field, you know, that might not be coaching a state tournament and say, Hey, you know, can you look at these opponents for me if we were to play them on Saturday? Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, look, like, I guess don't be afraid to go to reach out for, you know, help. And, you know, and, and as you've coached for a long time, I think you've built a lot of relationships with other coaches mm-hmm. and especially other coaches around the state that maybe have played opponents that you might see down the road. And I guess, you know, don't be afraid to contact other coaches and to, um, you know, to ask them for advice or ask them for a scout and see what they think of these opponents that you might ne- not necessarily always see. And so I think that's, one thing that's really important too is is to not be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, are you adding anything going into the going into the tournament? Are you maybe putting in a, a new out of bounds play? Uh, are you are you taking anything out of the repertoire? Um, you know, maybe maybe one new set that hey, if we need to run this, here's something that nobody's seen all year, and let's be ready to run this maybe out of a timeout or something like that. Have you have yeah, you got stuff so like that? For sure, on like the blobs and the slops, like I'm always we're always adding, and we're gonna add a few for the state tournament. But offensively, not much is gonna change. I think the big thing is defensively. When you go to the state tournament, you're gonna see a lot of really good players. And, you know, how do we defend these players? And so, on, really, we might we might look into some junk defenses that we haven't practiced that much, you know, during the season. Um, what are some things we can do against, like, somebody, say, Grace Cave? You know, how can we defend her differently than how we've defended other girls? Or what are we going to do in these situations? 
And so I think a lot of it is we're game planning defensively because one thing I always tell the girls is we can't control, you know, how we play offensively as far as the ball going in the hoop, right? Mm -hmm. But we can always control how hard we play on defense, you know, how we rebound the ball, all the hustle plays, um, all that good stuff. Control the things you can control. And one thing that I believe that you can control is your defense. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of effort. And so I think if you can bring your defense for three straight days, you know, you're going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully the ball falls in the falls in the hoop, right? <laughs> I, the yeah. year we won state, we made a ton of threes. Uh-huh. And I think you, we got a hot, you know, we had a hot hand. And um, But one thing we did well that year, too, is we played great defense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you start shooting it well done at the state tournament. It's kind of like getting, you know, hot bats. In, yes. in in the playoffs uh, for baseball, you know, and you know it's only going to last for so long. The law of averages says you're going to come back down to earth, but whew, yes. ride it as long as you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of defense, let's jump into your half court defensive philosophy. That's one of the things you said you wanted to talk about, and and we're willing to talk about. So uh, let's jump into that. You know, the you know one of the biggest controllables that you have, as you said, is your is the defensive side of the ball. So what are you guys teaching there at Pleasanton, Coach? And and uh, uh, you know, just how do you how do you implement it, and and what do you do with it? Yeah. So I guess for defensively you know two things i love to play aggressive and i love to play physical mm-hmm. um you know i'm so i'm the k-12 pe teacher at Pleasant, which means i also get to do all the weight room stuff too and i think one thing that we preach that we really really harper on the girls is is lifting you know getting in the weight room we want to be the most physical team on the court um and so our girls do a good job of that they work hard in the weight room so you know, that goes hand in hand with playing aggressive playing physical one thing that i've always hated as a coach is i hate coaching against those teams that have really good physical on-ball perimeter defense Mm -hmm. right because it's like okay i can't get into my sets i can't get into my offenses well i want to coach like that you know i want to be that team where you know you're the other coach is going man i hate playing against your defense because you guys are so physical on the perimeter you know your on-ball is really really good and it makes us struggle and um, so I think that's one thing that we um, preach a lot. You know, I'm a big man-to-man guy, and I think that's one good thing about um, Coach Bauer is Coach Bauer is a zone, is a zone guy. Mm-hmm. And so coming into Pleasanton, I was always, nope, man, 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 man. <laughs> and actually the last couple of years, you know, I've played some zone. And I think this year, especially we're gonna have, we'll play quite a bit of zone. Mm-hmm. It's last one good thing, but uh, you use a lot of those man principles for zone, right? And that's how I teach it. Um, we always force everything to the middle. I'm a big force middle guy. I want to force where the help's at. You know, I don't allow them to get in the paint, but I want to force them to the force them to the middle. Um, take away the baseline is how I coach it. Mm-hmm. I always pinch the driver. So meaning if you know, if my if I have a driver driving to the middle, that one pass away, I might jab retreat. And my whole goal in that is I want to get the offensive player to pick the ball up. Yeah. Okay, so if I can jab, it's, it's almost like transition defense. If I can jab, pinch, and then retreat, mm-hmm. I can get her to pick the ball up, and then we can go no catch on the ball side. Yeah. Just you know, just little things I think that you can that you can um, implement to make it really difficult. 
Um, I feel like I'm always changing up how I defend ball screens depending on, you know, what does the other team have. Uh, one thing that we've done a lot in the last couple of years, and, you know, I don't know if it's the right way or not. It's just what we've done and it's worked is I always jump and trap ball screens. Yeah, okay. And then I call it and I call it going triangle on the backside. So we jump this ball screen, get them to pick that ball up, and then we'll go like a triangle zone on the backside until they can retreat out of that ball screen. Okay. And, you know, I think it's one of those deals for um, at our level and in girls basketball, I think you're going to cause a lot of issues to the offense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. you got to jump that ball screen, you trap it without fouling, and then I can go triangle zone on the backside. And if they can get out of that, then we're back to our man-to-man. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a one thing that we've done a lot in the past that has been very successful for us. And it's almost one of those deals that's kind of homemade a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, it's something that's worked for us. And so, you know, that's primarily what we're teaching on defense. You know, we're a big shell team. Obviously, I mean, we're taking about 30 minutes every day in practice and we're working half court, you know, we're working shell or constantly making those girls talk, um, you know, and we make, we make competitions out of it. You know, it's just uh, that way. It's not, you just come into practice. Oh, it's shell again today. Right. Yeah. But we make competitions. Like if you can get this many steals or if you can, you know, if I see those ball side hands or I see those, you know, good rebounds, just little things like that, you know, mm-hmm. always make it a competition. And just to just to get better at it every day. Yeah. So, um, but like I said, you know, this year might be a little different. You know, I have a, a good post, a big post. Um, it's one of those deals where we might change up our defense. We might run a lot of zones. So I think it's really important to, you know, you might have a philosophy, but be flexible, right, for what kind of personnel you have. In the last, last few years, we've had athletes. Mm-hmm. And so we could really play aggressive. We can get in that we can get down the line up the line and get steals and you know this year might be a little bit different but it'll be exciting we'll still implement a lot of the same stuff mm-hmm. but um so it should be good yeah we you know i like what you said about the the ball screen defense and and loading we call it loading to the ball in mm-hmm. our program uh but you know that pressure and and if you get if you get beat you know with that girl throwing that skip and again I think this is more in general for girls basketball but they're they're throwing that skip pass out of that if they're consistently beating you off of that well you're probably going to lose anyway <laughs> you know yeah. because yeah. because that player is probably just better than anybody that you have out on the floor uh you know anyway so yep. you know I I do uh, agree, and, and I'm guessing that's part of your philosophy then, Coach, is, is you, we're going to come aggressively at you, and we're going to kind of, you know, what we've done is we're going to try and overwhelm you with our athletes, and if you're able to beat that, well, we're we're probably in trouble anyway. Yeah, yep, yep. for sure. Yep. Um, so you're spending this time on the half-court defense, and looking to attack the ball and make things uncomfortable on the perimeter. I really like how you you talked about uh, that physical on-ball defense on the perimeter and and disrupting teams' rhythm and and things like that. So how do you counteract that on the offensive end? What are you guys working on in your half-court offensive philosophy uh, to attack – you know, on a daily basis in your practice, you're attacking an aggressive defense. But just in general, what are you looking to do with your half court offense and, and your overall philosophy with that? 
Yeah, I think the first thing that we start off with is, um, you know, how hard are we face cutting? You know, like, I think you have to face cut to be successful in the half court. You have to do it well. You can't, it can't be one of those deals where, all right, I swing it to the perimeter, I think about it for a second, and now I face cut. Okay. Like, it's just one of those deals is constant, constant movement. And then, like, so out our, in our motion or our read and react, um, the first thing I teach is face cut. When we can get that face cut down and we're face cutting hard, now we can start going back door because they're anticipating us a face cut. And so you just start implementing these things. It's a slow process. I want it to be slow on purpose. Like, you know, the first week of practice this year, we're going to be face cut. And that's all I'm going to be allowing you to do. And I want you to face cut hard. And then that second week, we can start doing some, you know, some back doors. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we can start implementing some other pieces. But the biggest thing is movement. Um, we've been four out, one in quite a bit the last couple of years. This year will be four out, one in a lot. You know, we, like I said, we have a great post coming back and I got some um, good young guards. Um, so we do run a lot of I sometimes probably run too many sets. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a kind of a geek a little bit. I like to run a lot of quick hitters and stuff like that. And actually, this year we'll probably do a lot of that because we'll play in the half court quite a bit. How many you got um, on your play sheet, Coach? <laughs> too many, probably. How the many girls is too will many? Say, do you Wait, think? Too many. How many? Gosh, too many. I don't know. I probably have. Jeez, I don't even know. Quite a bit. Probably too many. I'd be embarrassed to embarrassed to say nah it's cool man you know if, if you get the belichick play sheet there i want to hear about it man <laughs> no so we we'll probably i probably have you know let's say we'll have like 20 to 30 quick hitters but we'll probably run 10 all year right mm-hmm. one of those deals so um but um and same thing with blobs and slobs my goodness i feel like i could sit there at night and watch tv and it's like you know we're watching an nba game or a college game and i got paper under our uh, end table and my wife just gave me a hard time to take the paper out and i start oh that's a great you know that's a great base out of bounds play do you write it down and then you try it out of practice the next day yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i need to put the paper and pen away probably in the evenings but well no, so i i think that the the key is you get older and and this is kind of <laughs> what i've fallen into and i don't know if it's right or wrong but you kind of get more and more of an idea of how you want the game to look. And then you start saying, hey, you know what? That's a great play, but that doesn't overall fit everything that yeah, I exactly. want. You know, and I yep. think that's the that's the key uh, part of it is as, as you're implementing these things is, okay, what do... What really fits our everything that we preach in our offensive philosophy? It's it's got to hit everything in there before we implement it. And I think, you know, as you get older, I think that's kind of the way you start looking at the game. And and you want to keep it simple because you don't want the girls to be thinking either. Mm -hmm. You know, they just they want to. I want them to. You want them to read and react. And so that's a big thing too. Is if I can call out a play when they come across half court and they don't have to think about it and they just get in it and run it and then like get to the point where okay now you're hitting the second option and the third option off that set then you know they're not thinking and then that's when it's you know it's productive and Mm -hmm. so that's one of those deals too is maybe early on in the year you're not running a lot of sets or running a lot of quick hitters but you're practicing them a lot and that way when you get to the conference tournament 
or the postseason, you can implement those. And it's something that uh, maybe a lot of teams haven't seen on film. And so, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. different ways to attack it, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. So keep going there. I mean, what, what what else are you guys doing? How much? How are you implementing that stuff? What's your process? When you when you put in a set, how about this, Coach? When you put in a set, uh, how how long do you feel like you need to work on that set before you feel really comfortable executing it in a competition? Uh, I don't know if it's like a timetable, but one of those deals where can we run in practice and not, like I said, not think about it and just run it effectively. And then when we can run it in a scrimmage-like situation in practice, then we could probably run it in the game. Um, but no, I have a, <laughs> like I'll have a note card, you know, that I carry with me that's laminated on the bench that I have my hand the entire time. And I probably have, you know, one of those deals where I have just, just for that game, you know, like let's say 10 quick hitters against man or you know ten, like five to ten against zone and stuff like that and that way and those usually if they're on that card then the girls the girls know how to run those cards those those quick hitters or those sets on that card for sure so we'll review what's on there like what i have on there for that i don't know like i might redo my play card every few weeks mm-hmm. type deal and i keeping a lot of that stuff on there i might be switching up two or three plays depending on what um, you know, what we're seeing, zone, man, whatnot. I feel like with our schedule is kind of goofy. I feel like we see a lot of man-to-man teams early on in the year, and then we play, see a lot of zone teams. So, And then you see a lot of man back when you get to the state tournament. So I don't know. It's just... It's just kind of my weird philosophy, I guess. No, it's 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 not weird. It's 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 what you do, and, and obviously it's been very successful for you. And and, and 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 everybody's different. And you know, like I said, playing like ninety four feet. You know, we want to. I guess this is on the transition side of things. Um, we're trying to run a lot of. We we have our transition offense, and and most of the time it turns into okay, you run your transition offense. And then if you don't get anything, and then you go go into four and one out, mm-hmm. a lot of times too. So, um, you know, and speaking with transition, I've been blessed with we're not an outlet team at all. Like I don't, I guess I'm not big on okay, get the rebound and outlet it. I want the if I'm if you're on the court, you need to be able to handle the ball. And I understand that you know there's a lot of times where that's not going to happen. You're not, not going to have that that. Um, you're not gonna have that luck sometimes like uh but the last few years we've been a you get the rebound you turn and go Mm -hmm. right we're not we're not we're not spending any time on the outlet pass but i've been blessed to have for the most part i've always got like four four to five girls that can that can rebound the ball and they can bring the ball up the court i think that's been huge in transition for us Mm -hmm. i guess um this year it's going to be a little different you know i'm going to have a couple girls on the court that aren't going to feel comfortable bringing the ball up so then we'll have to trans we'll have to switch some stuff up in the transition in the half court but uh, i think one thing that's been huge for us the last few years is for the most part i have you know five girls on the court that can get the rebound and go Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah those turn and burn kids are yes a a great luxury yes (laughs) Um, what do you, uh, you know, you, you, you're in a nice situation there and, you know, you get into a a bigger city, whether it's it's a Lincoln or an Omaha, and it's nice that you can kind of get kids that will, will come to your school that maybe you didn't expect to come, so to speak. 
and and you have a little bit more of a, a of a pool to pick from but it, sometimes it's also nice to have that unified program and hey we may only have five sixth graders but here's the five sixth graders mm-hmm. that we know we're going to work with you yeah know? so uh what are you guys doing there how do you organize your program uh from bottom moving up to the top there from your youth to your junior high to your high school uh that you feel like is going to uh help you uh sustain some success okay so i like you know i have a pretty good we have a pretty good setup i get to i get to do k-12 PE right so I do elementary PE. Um, so one thing that I take advantage of, which I don't know if it's right or wrong, but we do a lot of basketball stuff in the winter with the elementary kids. I was just going to say, is there is there you about a four-month basketball you walk, unit? You walk into my gym, you know, the elementary PE gym in December, and you're going to see a lot of double ball dribbling going on and stuff like that, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, I take advantage of that. You know, why not? I mean, uh-huh. you're the elementary PE teacher. You're the head girls basketball coach. So are we going uh, to do some, quite a bit of basketball? Yeah. You know, I'm going to get them to, to love it, hopefully, to have fun with it. Um, and then, I mean, the fundamentals are so important to me. I think that if we can get that down and be able to handle the ball and do those things that I like to do, then um, it needs to start. And with all a lot of my youth stuff, we try. We probably start in third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's about the the um, the level where they can start. You know, third graders are able to shoot a layup. You know, on the and do those type of things. And so we start a lot of that stuff in third grade, and then so I'm the elementary PE teacher, right? But I also get to coach junior high girls basketball, and um, so I'm the head junior high girls basketball coach. So the way we do junior high sports is it's during the school day just that smaller school so the you don't have the facilities mm-hmm. you know after school and so i get to implement a lot of my stuff in junior high and so when the incoming freshmen come into the high school program they know how to do the drills mm-hmm. okay so they know how to do that stuff and so we don't have to spend a lot of time on teaching these drills um so that helps out a lot and then i mean you got to have good youth coaches and i've been blessed to have some pretty good youth coaches um you know casey pierce uh graduated last year she's an all-state guard her mom has has helped us out a lot with the youth stuff and you know if you can have those youth coaches that you can trust and that will implement the stuff that you want to do i mean you're ahead of the game right there mm-hmm. um so and then um the way i kind of attack that youth program is is I kind of attack, try to attack it in the summer a little bit. And I guess we have this deal we call the gym rats program and it's for girls in third through eighth grade. And basically I open the gym on Mondays throughout the summer and any girl in third through eighth grade come in, we'll work for, for, you know, an hour and a half on ball handling and shooting and passing and playing a lot of three on three on three. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, those are kind of the ways I've organized our, you know, our youth program and up. Um, I don't know if it's the right way, the wrong way, or what, but I guess that's kind of what I've done. Mm-hmm. How how is how important is it to have those quality youth coaches that are going to teach them fundamentals, but yet give them a great experience, but also, you know, get it, you know, yeah, hey, this is important, and yeah, it's competitive, and yeah, we we there's a seriousness to it as well. Yeah, there's a fine line. Mm-hmm. I think 
you want it, you want youth coaches that that are really big on the fundamentals and not so much on okay, this is the offense we're going to run and blah 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 and you know and and then. So if you can get a youth coach that's fundamental-oriented and then a youth coach that has fun and makes it fun, then you know I think you're going to have a lot of success. And then that's where you get where I talked about early in the conversation about you want a lot of kids out for your sport. I think that's really important. I think numbers are really important. And so mm-hmm. if they have a good um, experience in elementary school and junior high – they're going to more than likely they're going to go out in basketball. I mean, go out in high school. And I've seen this so much where you might have a girl in eighth grade that just isn't quite there yet. And maybe she's not there yet. Her freshman year mm-hmm. and her sophomore year and her junior year. And then her senior year, she's playing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what would have happened? What, you know, that would have been a big detriment to your team if she didn't go out in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you can't ever give up on any of those kids. You just got to keep working on them and working on them because, you know, all of those girls, and that's how I preach, are going to have a role. And um, it's just, you know, how how well are you at your role? You know, mm-hmm. how how good can you be at your role on the team? And so I just yep. think that's really important, too. Yeah, we, we, say, we say four <laughs> things about roles. Uh, know your role, accept your role embrace your role and then excel at your role yeah and, and that's the and that's the role call we use and you know we tell them you you're gonna know your role um we're gonna tell you what your role needs to be um so there's yep. no doubt that now the other three are you going to accept your role and okay i've been asked to do this and then you know we always say there's a difference between accepting your role and embracing your role where you're like, okay, I've been asked to be the best rebounder and best screener that I can be. So I'm going to go out there and I'm really going to embrace that. And I'm just going to be as good at these two or three things that the coach has asked me to be as I possibly can. And, and then, and then you go out and you actually do it, that you actually perform it and you excel at it. And and, and and that's the way we break it down. Yeah. And when you start getting those girls that accept your role, and you have all those girls are accepting the role, then that's when you're going to start seeing a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and, and, you know, so, so how do you guys, you know, what's your process of, of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you're selling that, but I think that's a big part of, of coaching is getting kids to know and accept and embrace and fulfill or excel at their roles. Uh, you know, how do you guys, let's, let's wrap up on this, Jordan, with just roles and role acceptance and getting your kids to buy in, uh, in those things. How do you guys communicate that with your, with your players? Well, first off, I think you said, you know, communicate. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really, really important, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you can't just have, you can't accept, you can't have this girl have this role and then not communicate to her about her role. Mm-hmm. I guess, if, I mean, that might be silly, but I think that's really important. Like you have, you know, Hey, you're, I want, you need to, you're a defender. You know, you're going to guard the best girl on the other team every single night. Mm-hmm. And this is your role. And I want you to be as great as it, as you can be. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and challenge yourself and I'm not too concerned about what you do on offense, but I need you to play defense and I need you to do this. Or you might have that girl that's really gets on offense, like, hey, you know, I want you to shoot and you got to shoot and you got to keep shooting if you miss shots mm-hmm. and accept that, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever people say, like, oh, you know, she hasn't hit anything and she's still shooting. Well, that's her role and that's what I need her to do. So don't worry about that outside 
influence mm-hmm. right um so i don't know and like you said you have if you have those girls that accept those roles then you're gonna have success and i talked about those six seniors last year and i mean they all had a role on the team i mean we had you know you had your two girls that are really good at defense you had your two girls that we needed points out of mm-hmm. you know you had your girls that came off the bench and gave you a minute at the end of the first quarter and they had to be really really good at that mm-hmm. um so and i i don't know i guess it's just i think the communication you got to communicate you got to build relationships with your players mm-hmm. um and that's just huge yeah building that building that trust so yeah. that and and we've talked about this numerous times on the pod um, that there's a lot that can be misconstrued between that 15 minutes from the end of practice and getting to the dinner table. And do you have that trust that you know this is this is what I meant and this is the exact you know what exactly the message that I gave to the player is the exact message that's going to be received at the dinner table and and communicated yep, loyalty at the table. and. Yeah. You know, and having high character kids that accept that. Um, I don't know. It's just important. I think. I don't. I think. I think it's just really important to communicate. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just the biggest. And I might communicate too much of practice, but for I just think that's really important, right? Mm-hmm. And to know where they stand, to know their role, um, to know what we need to do, and then go do it. I guess to yeah. the best. And and when I say. You know, success, success doesn't have to be going undefeated and winning a state tournament. Yeah. You know, success can be, like I told the girls all the time, you can go, you can go 20 and five and I can be upset as a coach because I feel like we didn't give it all we had. Or we could go five and 20, but I could be really happy with you because I felt like we didn't have any regrets at the end of the season. Yep. You accepted your role, mm-hmm. your high character, you're loyal to the program. We did the best we could, and I'm happy with that. Yep. You yep. know, but if we go 20 and five, and I felt like we could do more, you know, sometimes you struggle with that. Yep. So. Yeah. Oh, I. I mean, I think if you well, you know if you do this long enough, coach, you're gonna you're gonna be in that situation. You know, I've yep. had I've oh, had yeah. seasons, I've had seasons where I was you know, 16 and eight or 17 and five. And, and, you know, by the end of the season, it was time to be done, you know, and last year, last year we went eight and 16 and I didn't want it to end because it was just a great, you know, great group of kids who did all those things, all those qualities that you're talking about. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters that they're having fun and that they did what you wanted them to do and you're having fun. Yeah. You know, we we just, we just say, Hey, we want to max out every year, whatever our max out level is. You know that's what we want to do, and so uh, that's the way we phrase it. And and what you're saying is 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 exactly what that is. So, uh, Coach Arnsdorf, any uh, social media you want to plug for your program or your school? Oh, I don't. I guess not off the top of my head. Uh, okay. We have a you know we do have a Twitter account, or Pleasant Girls Basketball, and we do have an Instagram account too, which people can follow us on. So. But I usually try to highlight some stuff from the girls from the season and stuff like that. But no, other than that, that's that's about it. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll 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 try to tag that on the on the podcast when we drop it here. So, uh, okay. Jordan Arnsdorf, the girls basketball coach at Pleasanton High School here in Nebraska. Uh, Coach, I hope you've enjoyed your time here. I appreciate coming off the off the DL here to to to, to <laughs> chat here this morning. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, kind of get me into that hoops uh, 
you know, mindset here. We're gonna be we don't blink in a couple of weeks we're gonna be practicing, right? Yeah. A few weeks here. So it's just right around the corner. Yeah, and and I man, I just feel like I'm I'm three steps behind the curve right now. Oh, so well that I think that's uh, Hopefully that's how everybody feels. That's, that's how I feel too. So, <laughs> well, it better be everybody else because that's the yeah. way I feel right now. So, uh, hey, Jordan, thanks so much for coming on the pod. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, hold the line here a quick second while we wrap up a couple of things. Again, uh, Jordan Arnsdorf, the girls' basketball coach at Pleasanton High School. Uh, we want to thank Cosac Chiropractic, our founding sponsor. Again, if you're in any need of chiropractic services here in the Omaha area. Don't hesitate to uh, reach out to Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi. Uh, follow us on Twitter at a pen and a nap count. Download, rate, and review the podcast. Email us with any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas at pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And of course, check out a pen and a napkin.com. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>